Welcome back. I don't really be coming as candid as I know how because, honey, I'm not messing with the fro. I'm not messing with the fro. And if you're just listening, y'all just know that um, what I didn't tell y'all last episode was I did one of them, you know, when you're going through shit, cut your hair off. I had a brush cut. Um, maybe I'll insert it here. If I didn't insert it right there, just after I didn't say that shit. But um, I had a brush cut, and so... It's been a process growing this shit out. Like, I can't even hold you. It's been a long, long process. But I've come to realize that at the age of t 10 to 28, I'm not fucking with the fro. I'm not. I ain't fucking with the fro. But okay, so we're back at it, y'all. And um, I got a little wine with me today, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about my postpartum journey. Okay, let's let's go ahead and get to it. Um Like I told y'all last episode, right? I had to return back to work in less than a week of having a child. Now, although I work from home, you have to realize that I am working and so I'm literally holding a newborn baby and trying to type up stuff, answer calls, and not call center type calls, but more so like a meeting or meetings or if people have any questions and do all of this with a newborn baby. And I remember when I was pregnant, I was telling my um, BD. I was telling him, I was like, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to fall into postpartum depression. Like, I don't, I don't want to fall into that, but I don't see it not happening. You feel me? And like, realistically, it's like, I said like a lot. Okay, so if you don't like that word, you might want to exit, stage, left, right, whatever, left, right, left. Okay. And so, um. Realistically, I was like, you know, I don't I don't know that I have the strength to not fall into postpartum depression because I'm already depressed now. So, you know, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? And so he was like, oh, be positive, da, da, da. And I was just talking to my mom. My mom was like, you know, knowing what you have going on, you might need to just come here. And I knew that that option was open. And so I was working in... Um, I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore because my BD was working like 12 hour shifts. Um, and it's not even that he was necessarily working 12 hour shifts. What it really was is that he was away from home for 12 hours because, you know, getting, tra getting in and out of traffic and stuff. And he didn't have a job where he, um, he worked hard labor. He didn't have a job where he got home specifically at this, a certain time or got off at a certain time. He had days where he didn't have no lunch. Like, he, he had a lot going on. And so, um, that also meant that it was just me and the baby all day. Sometimes it meant not washing my ass. Sometimes it meant not taking no nap. And I'm also breastfeeding. And I was not having the easiest journey breastfeeding. That was really hard for me. Maybe I'll talk about that one episode. Maybe not. Like, if y'all want to hear that shit, you know, drop a comment, leave a voice memo, something, and then I'll do it. But, um... Besides that, I don't know that people want to hear about my struggle of breastfeeding journey, okay? And so, 
he used to be gone all damn day. So I was like, I was doing this shit all by myself. There was a lack of support. And so what I didn't realize was he had a family there, but I didn't have no family there. And I didn't really have no friends there either. I had like two friends there, but the two friends that I had, they were worrying about their own fucking selves. And not in a selfish way, but they had their own shit going on. Not to mention, I had my baby during the COVID era. So it really won't really know people coming around the kid. Like I was not playing that shit. Like when I tell you in order for you to meet my child, you had to take a COVID test. And you had to present me with the COVID test. And at first, I only allowed immediate family. And if you weren't immediate family, even a COVID test, you couldn't come around me or the baby, right? But then I got to the point where I was like, okay. And so I remember just being like, I can't do this anymore. And so there was a time where, um, see, I can't even remember if that happened before or after I got back. I think that was after. If it was before, um, he had a cousin that did come and help me one day. Like, I really need to wash clothes. And she was like, okay. And she came and she was, you know, messing with the baby, watching the baby, feeding the baby, whatever. So I could just take a shower and, you know, wash clothes and just do maintenance or whatever. And um, I remember also it being a thing of me trying to cook. And I'm like, I can't cook with this baby. And I know it was a family member that said to me, well, when I was pregnant, when I had a kid, I had a this year old and a this year old. And I was cooking and I was doing my, your experience, not my experience, baby. I don't care what you was doing. You could have did a fucking five course meal for all I fucking care and had that ready. Bitch, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how I'm feeling. And so like at that point, I was like, man, fuck it. I'm out of here. And so I called my parents and I was like, yeah, I can't do this shit. I need support. And so I went to my parents' house and I stayed there for about at least a week, maybe a week and a half. And um, my mom allowed me to get rest. And so my dad, he drives trucks. And so he would be gone. So I slept in their bed because they was in the transition of moving from um, the house that they sold. So they were in an apartment until the house got built. And so they had a... They had a two-bedroom, but only one bedroom had a bed in it. The other one was just used for storage. And so I was sleeping in the bed. My mom was sleeping on the couch. She just got a breast reduction, though, so she wasn't sleeping in the bed anyways. And so, um, literally, she would stay up with Kai at night or do his night feedings and have him. And she was a big help. Like, that allowed me to get some sleep. But, honestly, it didn't matter because I still had to get up every two or so hours four max but i believe it was like two or so hours to pump and so it was like well i have to get up regardless i might as well be up with the freaking baby you feel me and so that was really hard but at least i had that option there and so i was gone for that time but i had to come back because kai had a doctor's appointment and then he also had to get a procedure done um we chose to get him circumcised circumcised and online we got him circumcised before i went there yeah but he had to get another procedure done because he had oral ties so he had a lip and a tongue tie so he had to get that procedure done as well and so i ended up going back and when i was back it was like you know i'm back he was happy that i'm back my bd but it still was hard just working and just trying to be the everything like the glue for stuff that shit was rough rough as hell like I just remember being like bro 
I'm managing the bills. Like the bills are coming to me. Um, he paid the rent. I paid the other things and I made sure the baby was okay. So he paid the rent, but <sighs> he paid the rent. I paid every other bill and every other need for the kid I took care of. And so I was doing that. I'm also supposed to be cooking because that nigga can't cook or I'm responsible for getting the um, the food. And it was just like, bro, I'm working, you working. I'm, I'm just taking on too many things. And the lack of support was really killing me because what I didn't realize is that's what I was trying to say earlier. He had family there and he had a lot of people there. So I felt like I would have support. But what I didn't think about the fact is. His family, they fruitful, okay? They be, yeah, they be getting it. And so all of them have kids. And the difference between, like, my parents and stuff is my parents are empty nesters. So when I say, like, my parents can help me, they can legit help me. Now, don't get me wrong, like, his mom's empty nester, but she had her own thing going on. His dad was in a different state. But what I'm trying to say is my support was different because my support came from people that didn't have other obligations. And his people had obligations, so they had to tend to their obligations first and then help me after, you know, if they could. And so that was really rough. Like, and I didn't, I didn't consider that. I did not consider that first. I was not thinking about that shit first. Like, and I told y'all before, I want family oriented. So that shit didn't come to my mind. I'm like, whatever. I, he got a family. His family be my family. Ladies, that man's family is not your family, okay? They might love you and they, they might, mm, but that, when shit go left, just know that ain't family, not your family. Your family is your family. That's all I'm going to say. I will also put this disclaimer out there that those that are in his family that are active in my child's life, y'all know who y'all are and I appreciate y'all. Those that were active and then when things went left, they fell off the wayside. Y'all showed y'all in, yeah, I respect it. I ain't y'all family, so whatever. <laughs> and that's just that. But um, that lack of support, it sent me through the motherfucking ringer, okay? It sent me through the ringer. And then I had no balance, bro. I had no balance at all. If you ever wonder what the brief pause is, if you listen on audio, that's me drinking wine, baby. That is me drinking wine, baby. Okay, that's exactly what that is. But... I had no balance and honestly I feel like um if you know what this is I'm a crunchy mom if you're a crunchy mom hey shout out to the crunchy moms um but no nah, actually I'm not in between a crunchy and a sookie mom but I think like, more a little crunchy or whatever but um when you want to doze it can give high anxiety <coughs> excuse me and I mean it can give high anxiety because I know that part of my lack of balance and no balance was because I was so critical. So when I told y'all that family members, if they wanted to meet the kid, they had to have a COVID test. 
that was the case. Um, it wasn't until he was almost three months old where I told my friends, like, if y'all want to meet him, y'all can. And, you know, they had to provide a COVID test, too. And I was so hypercritical with baby. When I tell you, when my baby turned three months old, guess who got COVID? All of us. Everybody in the house. Me, the baby, and him. And I was in freaking shambles. Um, and shout out to COVID because when COVID happened, like when we called COVID, COVID-19, um, the end of that, when I finally tested negative, that's when I got a, a I, I really right at that moment, I got a relationship and a connection to my baby. I was like, yo, this my rock, like this my, we in this shit together, like we in the trenches out this motherfucker, you feel me? Cause, um... I had to go back to my parents' house again, but by this time, they were in the house. And um, so, they were in the house, and I had to go there to quarantine because my BD, we got COVID from him, and because he was working, he still had to, you know, live and leave and go out the house, which is completely fine, but he ain't getting quarantine. His job... His boss did not allow him to quarantine, so he was actively going out. And I'm like, bro, we have an almost three-month-old. And he wasn't three months yet, so because he wasn't three months yet, there were a lot of medicines that he could not take. He was too young to take them. He didn't weigh enough to take them. And so it was just like, yo, mama, they were just saying, just give him the breast milk and just try to fight off. And I'm just like, bro, if this COVID take out my kid, I'm taking out the baby daddy. Like, yeah, huh. Because this is crazy. So I went to quarantine and my mom's my mom ended up catching COVID and we was we was stugging it in the house. We quarantined together. I got better. Um there was a snowstorm. We was out power for more than twenty four hours and we ended up having to um basically freeze. I was giving all my warmth to my baby. Then we ended up having to go to a hotel. When I tell you it was so much going on in the early times of my pregnancy, bro, like I was really struggling. I was I was going through a lot, but in the end of that, I was like, you know what? I have a connection to this baby. Like this is my baby, and I would do anything for this baby because he don't even know it right now. But mama holding it down, and during that time, I hit he hit three months, so I'm getting out of my fourth trimester, and my milk supply dropped, and um, so. I was giving him the milk so he would get the antibodies and my supply dropped and I wasn't making enough milk to I wasn't making enough milk to feed him and so I had to get that baby on formula he taking formula I cried about that I damn near almost freaking um poisoned them because let me make sure I have this right for a lot of y'all I want to say it's hydrochloric acid but I don't think it's that whatever my dad had this little sanitizer right and so he had a he had a gallon bottle full of this concoction to put into the sanitizer so I could spray the room right because I was quarantining however when it came down to it we got formula my baby's alive and well so if y'all want to fucking judge y'all can judge but I'm telling this on some transparent ass shit the crazy thing is I ain't never told my baby daddy this so if you hear this it happened but 
um, it was in a gallon water bottle. So now my baby's on formula. And I remember my mama needed to fix a bottle for the baby. And she like, where the water at? Oh my gosh, she ran out of water. And babies need distilled water um, to make formula with, right? And so I was like, hmm, okay. I said, I got this gallon right here that's in this room. Now the thing was, I hadn't known that the gallon of water that I was using to steam the room was a concoction. I thought it was a gallon of water and that the device that I was connecting it to was doing all the steaming and the, the, the sanitizing and shit. So a bottle was made with that water. And so my dad came home, because I can tell you he's a truck driver. He came home the next day and he called my baby a, a bottle and he like, where y'all get this water from? And I'm like, it's the water you gave me to do the sanitizer with. And he was like, what? He's going ballistic. I'm like, what? He was like, why would you use that? I feel like a dumbass. I think my baby's going to die. It was a lot. So when I tell you, through them times, bro, we was in the trenches. And that happened like, yo, there ain't nothing I wouldn't do for my baby. But my baby good. He didn't have no problems. Luckily, he didn't drink many bottles from it. And I guess it fought off the fucking COVID and sanitizes the inside some shit. But that happened. And I felt, felt like a shit mom, okay? Everybody felt like a shit person. And my mama, she was praying. She's a praying woman. You know, shout out to the God-fearing women. If anybody know me, you know that I always joke about God-fearing women. But, um, yeah, she was praying and stuff. And I guess her prayer worked because the baby was good and all that. And I ended up going back home. But I was saying all that to say I had no balance. Like, everything was like mom stuff. And so that's when Kai, that's my baby name, that's when he was three months. And I did not for the first time get away until hmm he was three months in January I guess it happened in the same month or maybe it was March I don't think I got out the house for the first time like until he was five months old and when he was five months, I went out and um, I went to like a bar we, and a lounge. We ended up getting some food and then I came back home. I was only gone for like two hours. And then the next day, I went and got brunch with my friends. That was the first time that I had gotten out the house since I had the baby. And when I say the first time, I literally mean that. And because I'm telling you, I mean that. I mean, literally, unless my baby had a doctor's appointment or we was just walking in the neighborhood. I did not go anywhere. I didn't see my friends. I didn't do any of that. Then the following month, I went on a trip to Atlanta. That was called my mommy's and friends trip. And that was the first time that I ever was away from my baby, like legit. And that was the first time that I allowed my mom to keep him. Um, and so that was three days. That even took a toll on me because that weekend I lost my milk supply and I couldn't breastfeed anymore ever again. Well, what the fuck do you know? You see what happens? And so, you know, I beat myself up for that, but that happened. And so when I say I ain't had no no support or no balance, I, I, I didn't have a lot of things. There was no balance going on. So it took a whole six months for me to even like go back to like a little bit of a regular life. Um, and then after that, I started getting out somewhat regularly, 
because that's when I started being like, okay, I'll allow someone to keep him. And COVID was on the decline, so I wasn't so weary of like him catching COVID or me co- catching COVID and stuff. But because of me being in that state for so freaking long, I fell into postpartum depression. And it rocked my world. It rocked my world. Um, I just remember just being like, bro, I hate it here. And me and my BD were having so many problems. And our problems was based off the fact that we literally were just raising a kid. We didn't have no intimacy. We did not have sex. Um, To tell all of our business. I think the first time we had sex. After me having the baby was at like four or five months postpartum. And then that until us like separating and going our separate ways, maybe had sex five times. Um, So as you can see, there wasn't no intimacy there. Intimacy is not just sex. We ain't really hug. We didn't kiss. We, we, We really didn't interact. Like we just took care of the baby and... We had conversations about it and stuff, and I was telling him, I was like, well, my pregnancy was so rough that I feel like I don't fuck with you, for real. And he was just saying he felt like I resented him for how my pregnancy went, and I did to an extent. But I also just felt like it was his job to pick up the pieces, and he felt like, bitch, if you don't want to pick up the pieces and work on this shit with me, then I ain't trying to work on it either. And so... We had tried to come to an understanding that we were both going to do better. My job was supposed to be being receptive because he was stating that when he would try to do things to show affection for me, like give me a hug, I was very standoffish and stuff. And I'm not going to lie, that nigga gave me the ick. He gave me the ick because I feel like, nigga, you ain't care about live. I know you don't give a fuck about me, you feel me? And you feel like I didn't give a fuck about him either, and I did, but I just was so hurt. And so it was like, bro, like... Um, be rude, you need to fight for me back, but it was only so much he was willing to fight for. Um, and I also felt like even after having the baby, he was still going out and partying and being out late and all of that. So it was like your your life never really stopped. It stopped it slowed down, but it never stopped. So my resentment was like, bro, I've been going through this for so long and like you just you, you really don't have much respect for me, bro. Like you don't even give a fuck about if you and me and this baby is okay at home. That's how I feel. And so, um, I was depressed. I was depressed. And I felt suicidal once again. And so, because I felt that way, I decided the only fucking way that this is going to work is if I get on medication. Because I knew I didn't have it in me to change my diet or any of those things. And so I knew that the only way to come back where I, like, where I was was I would have had to like change my whole diet, change my whole routine. And I barely could take care of myself. I was only taking care of the kid. So I got on Citroën. I got on the um, Zoloft. And I, I got back into therapy and, you know, I told my therapist I was going to do it. And she was like, you know, I'm proud of you for making that decision because I am anti-medication for stuff. And so um, I knew I had to do that because it was like, if I don't do this, me and this baby should be out of here, okay? And let me talk to them because that have an issue 
with people that go through postpartum depression and they unalive them and their kids. Let me tell you why they do that, okay? It seems so messed up. Why would you do that to the kids and all that stuff? The kids, they were innocent kids and everything. At the moment where you feel so hopeless that you would unalive yourself, as a mother, the way you feel is if the mucks can't support me, who's going to support my kid? Who's going to support my kids? And I'm so loving that I'm not going to put my kids through that BSO off with all of us. That's where that comes from. And if you can't agree with it, if you don't agree with it, if you can't empathize, it really doesn't matter. You know, I'm not saying that I support that. I would love for everyone to live or whatever, but that's just where that comes from. And I knew I did not want to make that decision. I didn't want to do it, but I also knew I didn't trust myself. So what did I do? I got on medication. I was only only for like a month and a half though. And then I went cold turkey and I don't advise anyone to do that and that was not advised to do either but the reason why I went cold turkey off of it was because I started to feel happier right but I was a zombie it was like what the medication did was it made me so tired and so calm that I didn't have time to think about how I didn't want to live and that was not a better feeling because I felt like I couldn't be present for my child. I felt like at first I was present for my child, just not present for myself. But I'm like, now I'm not present for my child. And so that's why I was like, I'm getting off of it. And honestly, it was a good decision. It was a good decision for me. Um, it was rough, though. In that space that I did that, I decided that I really had to change a lot of things about my life and outlook, and I, I had to pick myself up. And one thing that I will say about me is I've always picked myself up. <laughs> Since I was a kid, I've been the one doing it. And some would feel like, well, that's what you're supposed to do, but that shit tiring, that shit overwhelming. But if don't nobody do it, I'm going to have to do it. If don't nobody got me, I'm going to have to have me. And so I got off of it cold turkey but the way I got off of it cold turkey was not literally I took my 30 day supply and stopped taking it what I did was I started skipping days I was doing it by accident because I was forgetting to take it and then it was like okay I haven't taken it in two consecutive days now I take one and then when I was out of them I just was like I'm not reading up and so that was that um I didn't have a bad experience with that. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I didn't have withdrawals. It didn't send me under none of that stuff. But I don't advise anyone to do that. Don't play with medication, y'all. Like seriously, take that serious and don't do what I did. Cause I don't want anybody taking advice and I'm I'm not giving no medical advice and don't put nobody's life on me. But that was my postpartum story up until now. And um I just got back into therapy and I've been depressed, functionally depressed for a few months now. And my therapist brought it to my attention that I might be suffering from postpartum depression and anxiety now. And so we're going to have to tackle that. I won't be getting on any medication this time. I don't feel... Um, like I want to unalive myself, but that's where we're at with things. And um, I'm just trying to work it out day by day, y'all. 
And honestly, just making this video has been totally draining. And I've had the urge to self-medicate in ways like drink it away. I've even thought about smoking in a way. And if anybody knows me, like I'm not a smoker. And um, at this point, like I'm not a drinker either. But I tell myself I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm using something in a negative manner. But boy, it's hard. It's hard fighting. Like raw dog in life has been really, really, really challenging. But um. I honestly think that when I got diagnosed with postpartum depression the first time, I had postpartum anxiety too, but it flew under the radar. But I think I went from prenatal depression to postpartum depression. I think I got it to a manageable point, and now I'm just back there at it. I don't think my postpartum anxiety has ever left because now that it has been brought to my attention, and I'm not fully diagnosed with it yet, um... We're going to do a, a scale and diagnose me my next session, I guess you could say. But when I look at it and I look at the way that I used to act, I have been saying like things just give me anxiety, make me anxious and all of this stuff. But from the day that Kai was born, I was off my freaking knockers. Like I remember just he would go to sleep and I would be scared he was going to die. I was so scared of SIDS, like so irrationally scared. I had the hugest fear of SIDS. And it was so freaking, I was so freaking fearful that I was scared I was going to manifest it and he was going to actually die. And I felt that way about COVID too. Like everything about me was just so like, I don't want my kid to die. Oh my gosh, everything makes me feel like he's going to die. And you know, if you wear perfume around him, it was, it was chaotic. And so now, um, I ain't like that when it comes to like my kid, like, like I said, he's gone now. He's with my parents and I'm not worried about him. No, he's good. But now I just get anxious with situations. A lot of things can bring me um, anxiety. Like, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, tell me literally right now. You need to say I have something to tell me and roll into the sentence or my anxiety be up to here. And so I feel like, you know, that's my life. And thanks for listening. <laughs> um... I think only one more episode to get everybody up to date to November 2023. And um, stay tuned. And if you're having a hard time getting through this part, what I'll tell you is it's about to get juicy. It's about to get juicy because we're going to jump into the stuff that was closer to my last season and talk about things that aren't just me. And um, get into the nitty gritty. But thank you for listening.